We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. What's up, world? This is Brunch Culture. I'm your host, Randall Keith, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Miss Lisa Victoria. What's up, world? All right, y'all. So we're about to dive into this weekend review. Lisa, kick us off with our first story. Um, yes. In um, Nigeria this week, there was one of the deadliest massacres with 2,000 feared dead. Um, it it was a crazy thing because it really didn't get that much um, news in the U.S. And that was a big issue because we're able to report on everything else. Right. Um, but we definitely want to keep them in prayers. 2,000 people um, by a Muslim radical group um, by Boko Haram, Boko Haram, Boko Haram terrorist in Baga. Um, so we definitely want to keep Nigeria in prayer. This is something that is definitely hard to deal with and hard to see. So definitely keep them in prayer. Yeah, I I, I looked at uh, the images. I was at work. I was listening to CNN, and somebody actually tweeted out a picture. I'm sorry, Instagram a picture, and I saw it, and I was like, wait, what is this? And then, uh, of course, went to Twitter and saw start seeing a lot of the pictures. And I didn't want to find out anything else or find out more about it. But, of course, being in the age of social media, it's kind of hard to escape it. But it kept me away from researching it. It kept me away from reading any articles. It kept me away from uh, listening to CNN any further. And if you know me, you know that my morning ritual is to listen to CNN as I'm getting dressed. And I stopped listening to it kind of for the rest of the week just because I was so... I, I, I battle with this being the angry black man thing, um, particularly with us having, you know, a platform now with brunch culture to talk. And I don't want to appear to be just this person that's spewing just all this anger because, you know, nobody's caring about black people. But... You know, with things like this, is extremely hard because there's, like, no justification for the fact that mainstream media is not talking about this. And with this being such a huge massacre and us having those hard images to watch, and yet we can talk about things that are going on in other countries over and over and over and over again. And they kind of, they, they passed a one-week cycle and we're still spewing that when we have this huge thing that happens again. And as I went in last week about the NAACP bombing that nobody in mainstream media wanted to talk about on their news outlets, but they could probably post a little small story. Um, just for the podcast today, I did a research and I found that that Fox News actually uh, has an article on their website about it. So I'll give them, you know, kudos for that. But again, you know, that story was released about 17 hours ago. So, yeah, I just, you know, we we pray for the people there. But I also say, like, you know, let's pray for America, man. I just, I, I think that, you know, people have a lot of responsibilities in mainstream media and 
maybe because it's not popular, maybe because, you know, people won't buy into it. But whatever that reason is, you know, we're talking about certain things, but we're not talking about other things. And I can't necessarily blame it all on race. Maybe it's just a a classist thing. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's just the geographic area of which it happened. You know, whatever it is, it's a thing and it's it's sad and it's really frustrating. So, yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm glad you reported that, Lisa. And again, you know, I, as you can see, I'm fighting. <laughs> <laughs> fighting I have a fight. lot of stuff to say. <laughs> no. We're going to move on to a different We're going to move on. All right. So as if I didn't set myself up to not be angry, I have, and I don't want this to become, you know, Randall's rant, but so the Oscar nominations came out on Thursday and, you know, the great movie about uh, the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King uh, in his time in Selma. The movie Selma came out. Shout out to Dr. Martin Luther King. His birthday was Friday. And um, also, our, we celebrate the holiday this this Monday. Excuse me. So uh, happy birthday to Dr. Martin Luther King. And if anybody's listens to this podcast and you don't know who it is or you don't know a lot about him, I challenge you to research him. And I also challenge you to uh, see the movie Selma. But Selma was not a favorite by the Academy this year. Selma was only nominated for two categories. That was Best Song with uh, Common and John Legend for their song Glory as well as Best Picture. Now, I will say that being considered in the category best picture is a major deal. Um, you know, that is like the award of the night. And so I was definitely glad to see Selma to be nominated and be considered in that category. But I was pretty disappointed that Selma is not being considered in uh, the best director because I don't know if you if you've seen the film, it was definitely definitely great that you could tell the director did an incredible job and then to know that she was initially uh going to do this for a budget of ten thousand dollars and she ended up getting 20 million dollars from like pool resources for the people that uh executive produced it and to see the film that she made with 20 20 million dollars i think she did an incredible job and i was also you know expecting uh best supporting actress uh role nomination for uh, the actress. I Forgive me for not knowing her name. I hate not being prepared. But um, <clears throat> for her to be in the, uh, the, the the actress that played Coretta Scott King, I was expecting a Best Supporting Actress nod because I think she did an incredible job. Um, and, you know, I was having a conversation with a, a homeboy that was basically saying none of the act, the acting in the movie didn't stand out to me. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people may have feel, felt that way. But I felt like definitely... The actress that played Coretta Scott King, uh, she did an incredible job. So um, I, I was pretty disappointed. You know, I think that a part of, I think a part of one of the things that ends up frustrating, you know, it frustrates me, if you will, is that, you know, we, I felt like we saw this. It wasn't really surprising. I remember see, seeing, hearing that the butler didn't get nominated for any Academy Awards. And I was like, are you guys serious? Like, it was a great movie. Um, but then again, you know, I think a part of that may even come from me just being so supportive of movies that tell our history. 
Selma did a wonderful, incredible job at including characters that, um, not characters, but, you know, historical figures that people don't necessarily know. People don't realize how much of a role they played and them actually being there. So you had Ralph Abernathy, you have uh, John Lewis, you have Bayer Rustin, those people that were depicted in this movie that are oftentimes overlooked, not considered. Uh, and the, the story just becomes about Dr. Martin Luther King just being this great, incredible, invincible, almost godlike figure that kind of did everything. You don't really talk about the other people that were very, very uh, involved in a part of in a major move. So anyway, you know, there was a couple articles, a lot of articles that came out about Selma being snubbed. I think a lot of people had different views. You guys can weigh in on us, on it and let us know. Lisa, you saw the movie. What'd you think? I thought it was a great film. Um, one of the things that I think it enlightened me on is the fact that we kind of throw shade or, you know, at um, Al Sharpton for what he does. And I'm not like super pro Al Sharpton, but it really shed light on the fact that this is the model that Martin Luther King had like he created he went where he knew it was going to get violent because he knew that the publicity was needed in order to m have the politicians even look into it right. um, it wasn't until a, a ruckus was made that things changed um and then once that happened he kind of was on to the next city and one of the things people criticize al sharpton on is the fact that he does not stay for long. And I, when I was looking at the movie, I was like, well, Martin Luther King didn't stay for long. And people criticized him for the same things that we criticize Al Shopner for today. So it was kind of like, oh, that was enlightening um, right. in that in that respect. So I, I, I looked at that and I was like, okay, I have a different perspective on why Al Sharpton does what he does or your Jesse Jacksons do what they do because they know that press changes um, politicians. And exactly. That's that's what it is. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's a I think it's a great point. I think it's really great that you got that out of it. I remember um, I I may have shared this with you before, but it was an advisor in undergrad that you know when I was critiquing Al Sharpton when we were on our way to the Gen Six trip, and you know of course I'm kind of a little a lot of my critiques of Al Sharpton was just what I saw then, not thinking about what he's done historically, and I was pretty ignorant. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted, uh, it's and I think it's it's okay you know for us to criticize people, but let's criticize people from a place of education and like really understand being educated and knowing you know the history of what they did as opposed to just being like well I see them now and I don't like what they're doing now, but you don't really know the behind the scenes stuff. Anywho. Uh, my advisor kind of schooled me that and, you know, told me to go and and to research Al Sharpton. And, and in doing so, you know, I <laughs> learned a lot of things and it changed my perspective and my position. And, you know, I think it's OK to be critical of certain tactics and to think that certain things don't work, but definitely do it from a place of being educated. And I feel like once you educate yourself about what he does, you kind of have to shut your mouth to some degree. So, yep. You, I don't know why Soldier Boy just came to my mind when you say yeah. It's like <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, y'all. Soldier Boy and Al Sharpton. Yeah. Al Sharpton been there though. Watched it. That yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> along with my DJ mix. I'm thinking about Craig David. Fill me in. Why I don't know. Now that's you know I ain't trying to be funny, but like I, I used heard to have Craig a crush David. on Craig David. Did he come out when he was in like middle school though? Like I don't know. <laughs> I, was like, I just remember, yeah, I remember 
I, I think he came out because then he, that's he, he he's like the British dude and he had like a video with him like creeping out the window and going to meet up with some girl or something like that. Yeah, I was checking this girl next door and the parents came by. That's the lyrics. <laughs> Lisa is a devoted fan. Y'all had when's the last no, time? No, because I her- didn't like that song. He came that follow up seven days. I didn't understand that. I was just like, oh okay, fill me in was where I where I got on and got off. The fan, the fan. She got- you ain't loyal. Lisa ain't loyal. Uh uh-uh. uh. But I I thought he was attractive until he got them braids. I was just like, uh uh-uh. uh. Let's go back to fill me and Greg David. Do you remember Corn Rose? <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that phase. I didn't like that season of the the black man was going through. I like the I, I like the low cut uh with the deep waves, like like Beyonce saying Survivor. I want a soldier. Wait, did you say like Beyonce says in Survivor? Uh, I mean soldier. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I like the low cut seasons with the deep waves. So like Beyonce to... said, the survival. <laughs> so quick to check on. I'm a survivor. <laughs> low cut seasons. <laughs> you know what I meant. Don't... <laughs> you know what I meant. Don't don't do that. Um. So to our main topic. We've just gotten off on this tangent about music. For our main topic, we want to talk about friendships with the opposite sex. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, I don't think for our generation is that big of a deal. Uh, because if you have friends, I'm pretty sure some of your friends, in the, as a young professional, are in the opposite sex. I think it comes to a big deal when you start dating someone and then you have to explain every friend you have of the opposite sex. Or when your right. family is like, sees you single and is like, but you have these guys around you. Why don't you date them? They single. They nice. Y'all friends. Don't you want to be with them? And then you're like, um, no. Um, they're my friend. And so this whole concept of putting people in the quote-unquote friend zone of the opposite sex and saying that is my friend um, and it creates complexities. I know whenever I start dating, to s- explain my relationship with my male best friend is always difficult. Um, what about you, Randall? You have a female best friend. Is it difficult for you to explain when you're dating somebody new? You know, it's it's, it's really funny because it's one of those things that I come out the gate that is is known. You know, she's not some... I don't hide her. I'm not like, oh, yeah, no. I'm just got... Like, I come saying, hey, I have a female best friend, and I want you to meet her. I want you to know about her. I'm gonna talk. You know, you guys don't have to become the best of friends, but legit, you know, you guys have to... I would... I don't understand why you guys couldn't, you know, have a friendship. In essence, my female best friend and I, we're very similar in the way that we think we don't agree on everything, but we we definitely, I think our logic and the way that we kind of get to things are very similar. So it becomes, you know, you are going to meet her. She's not going to go anywhere. And I actually will admit that I do have a flaw and it's something that I'm working on now, but I didn't work on before. I am very, for me, I'm like, I owe loyalty to her. She was here before you. So if you come in with a problem with her, like, if my ex-girlfriend had said, hey, I have a problem with the fact that you have a female best friend, I probably would have, like, we would have never went anywhere. I would have dropped her right <laughs> in. Because to me, it's really bad. But to me, 
you owe loyalty to the people that are in your life beforehand so that they are priority. You know, fortunately enough, my ex-girlfriend is very secure in, in, in that regard. So we didn't have we didn't have an issue. You know, they interacted with each other. I think at some point in time, it kind of got awkward when she realized that I would like tell my female best friends about the problems that we had and stuff like that. So we kind of had to have a sit down about that. Um, but for the most part, you know, in that relationship, it was it was fine, but it definitely has been something that comes up, right? Like, you know, yo, your your female best friend is, <clears throat> I don't get why you guys are so close. And I, and I think I always try to make sure that what's understood is if we wanted to be together, we could. It's real simple, right? Like, it's not hard. <laughs> you know, like, it. number one, we grown. And I, I, everybody knows this about me. I have this position of, well, as an adult, I can kind of do what I want to do and say what I want to say. Because at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, I still got to go to work and pay my own bills. So I kind of like, I'm my own man. But I say that to say, like, if, you know, we wanted to make it happen, we would make it happen. But it's it just become, you know, it like after kind of being in the space and like we, the way that we became friends and, you know, I've been, we were friends while she was in a relationship we were friends while I was in a relationship. We worked through like both of our relationships. She knows she gets like the backstory on how I really feel about this. What, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like at some point in time, you probably know a little bit too much dirt on each other for us. Like, uh, I don't really know if I want to talk to you like that. I love you <laughs> as my friend, but I don't really know if I'm trying to get with you like that. Cause you would look, <laughs> you would look crazy. I ain't trying to deal with that. So I think it's one of those things, but <laughs> I think that is possible. Um, and I think you you noted a great point about our generation being a little bit different. Um, and again, I always go to, if you look at the dynamics of men and women today, we don't occupy, we don't like exist in these very like uh, one dimensional roles in life, right? So all women are home cooking and preparing to be uh barefoot and barren and all men aren't outside going to hunt and bring home the bacon right like we <laughs> exist in you know these kind of multi multi-level multi-dimensional roles so like women exist in the workplace and they're like leaders and they can finance things and men we have to learn how to cook and you know we know how to clean the house and all this stuff so the roles aren't defined like back in the day if you had women that weren't in the workplace they weren't out they weren't being social it would kind of be very awkward for a male and a female to be best friends if they weren't related in a certain way because it's like well why do you guys hang out but now it's like I mean, I remember my my last job when I was uh, back in Florida, most of my coworkers were women, right? Mm -hmm. I maybe had like three or four male coworkers and all of them were like, older, much older than me. So, you know what I'm saying? Like we can relate on certain things, but a lot of the women were younger. We're kind of doing, I mean, we're in the same area. We just graduated or we're in grad school. So we connect on a different level you know what I'm saying about things being like I can't go to one of the guys that was like in his in his fifties and be like, "Hey man, you saw what was on Instagram? What? No, <laughs> I didn't see what was on Instagram." You know what I'm saying? So I think that's important to note that like today things are different, so we have different things to offer than we had to offer right. back in the day. Yeah, I agree. I think too. Um, I think in relationships though with the opposite sex. I think the relationship naturally adjusts it once you're in a relationship. 
I know True. for me with my um one of my best friends is a male. Um and we're super close. Um but our relationship dynamic changes if we're in a relationship with someone else. So like in general, I call my best friend whenever. Uh if he at work, whatever, and just whatever, you know. Whatever time I want to call him, I'll call him. If it's 10 o'clock at night, if it's 11, if I'm driving from somewhere and I feel like he might be up and I just feel like talking while I'm driving, hey, I'll right. call him and say, hey, what you doing? Blah, blah, blah. We'll talk. But when he's in a relationship, it's the dynamics is totally different. So I might put a nine o'clock cap on when I call him. You know what I'm saying? I won't call him after a certain time because I want to respect his relationship. Right. But when he's single, it's going to go back to whenever. Um, and I think it's hmm. vice versa. It's like, I'll do unto you what I want. I try to operate in this thing of if I'm the if I'm his girlfriend, would I want his female best friend calling him after a certain time? Right. So I try to implement that. So I might not call you after nine o'clock because I want to respect your relationship. And then and the, the frequency of how much we talk will go down from every day to maybe three times a week. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to respect your relationship. But if you're out of the relationship, then it's whatever. And I think that's kind of how I operate with relationships of the opposite sex. If we're yeah. both single, it's whatever. Because we're not, you know, accountable to anybody. Yeah. And I think like, you know, when you when of course when they get married, the dynamics have to change drastically um because they're married. But I think hmm. when you're a single young professional, you kind of operate in that respect. How would I want if I was in the other person's shoes, how would I want to be treated or respected? And going off that is how I kind of operate. Or if you well, No. Go ahead. I was just going to say I think that Number one, I respect that because I am of I'm under the the belief that not much has to change, right? What I say has to change is the fact that we probably aren't going to be able to talk as frequently because I'm just not available. But for me, I don't and I struggle with this, right? I don't think that we have to like adjust that much. Like you, I mean, I don't know. As I... long as you understand that I'm not going to be available to talk all the time, in my mind, I just think, yo, no. you know who this is. It's not like I'm hiding my phone. It's not like if my phone is ringing, you can't answer it. Like she not calling me to say, oh, baby, I love you. No, she's like calling me to, hey, what's up? What you doing? Oh, I just got to run this by you. Oh, this happens. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing this with school or, oh, I just, I, 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 I ran into this. Can you, can you tell me about, you know what I'm saying? Like we're, I feel like it's purposeful and maybe this is coming from, cause my female best friend has told me this before. Um, when we, when this came up, uh, when I was dating and she, <laughs> this, you know, kind of this kind of conversation came up and my female best friend was trying to explain to me and I got frustrated and I was like, women, y'all just being petty. It don't make sense. I don't understand why you threaten. I don't understand. Like she was here. You know what I'm saying? She, I told you from jump, yo, this is my female best friend calling and we are on a date and it's like 1130. She's calling 
because she, you know what I'm saying? I'm her friend. Like, I don't want her to feel like, oh, I'm going through something and it's, it's 11 o'clock and I normally talk to Randall and I know Randall's going to be up until 12 and I'm just not going to call him. Call me, fool. Like, hey. <laughs> and I, I think maybe it's just like a male, it's our way of thinking. The reverse of that is thinking about it being on the other foot, like if it was the other way around. And I am, and this is something that I, I developed from, you know, a previous relationship, but I'm under the belief that if I meet, if you can introduce me to your male best friend, and it's, I'm not going to say it's easy for everybody, right? But if you can introduce me to your male best friend, if we can, like, make some sort of, like, common ground and have a conversation, I'm good. What bothers me, what would bother me is if I tried to meet your male best friend and he was, you know, standoffish, like not interested, not trying to like, hey, get to know. To to me, that would bother me. I actually have, um, I had a female friend that I met her, her boyfriend, and I legit tried to, you know, have like, hey, I, I let let's you know, we're not, we don't have to be best of best of friends, but. I want to get to know you, like, you know, what you like, what do you do? Tell me about your career. Tell me about X, Y, and Z. And dude was not even, I mean, it was like, yeah, no, like just not. And I'm like, huh? All right. And so I just left it alone. And for me, that was just kind of like, I would think that you would want to get to know more about me and want to be able to have a conversation with me and, you know, know that, Yo, you a legit dude. You cool. I'm comfortable around you. I feel like I can trust you because, you know, we have a relationship as opposed to where well, I don't really want to get to know him. You know, I don't, I, I'm not, that's your friend, not my friend. To me, that kind of creates this discomfort that is unnecessary. And I, that's when I go to, yo, people are petty at times, man. Like, it is what it is. Like, you can't, you not going to be able to stop if somebody's gonna like cheat on you and you worried about that, then you shouldn't be with them, right? Like, you can't approach this situation from the standpoint of hands off. I don't like this person, but I don't know why I don't like this person. I don't know why I have an issue with them. I don't know why I'm uncomfortable with them. Probably the reason I'm uncomfortable because they make me feel insecure. But I won't point that out. I'll just say like, oh, this relationship, y'all being that close, don't make me feel good. Well, if you know who you are, you know what you bring to the table. I mean, shut up. See, this is where I would differ. Like, for... And I was just talking to somebody about this Monday night. um, And we were talking about, you know, a relationship or whatever. um, Whether, you know, how we're going to progress. And the thing was, okay, I'm I'm not sure about... if, If I'm okay with your male best friend because I have female best friends. But this is, it's going to have to, the relationship is going to have to adjust. Does that make sense? Because I'm like, these, I'm going to be like, I, I understand that, but these chicks can't be calling you all times of night. And I'm, I'm going to need you to operate how it will operate for you. If my, my male best friend is not going to call me after a certain time, your female best friends shouldn't be calling you after a certain time. Neither should they be no should they be hearing stuff before I hear it, depending on the level of relationship. Ooh, no, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I need some help because I just. Mm, uh. So 
one thing, one one common ground that my female best friend and I meet on is that we both, you know, we come from a, uh, a certain a certain type of upbringing, right? A certain type of environment. And we know what that's like in a very, very authentic way, in a very much so of like, that's like, we don't come from much. We come from, you know, the uh, impoverished environment. I'm really trying to dress this up, right? And (laughs) not say what I really want to say because we on the air, but... (laughs) But so we come from this type of environment, but we exist now today in an environment that's completely different. So it's not so much just about having things. It's about mindsets. It's about how relationships work. It's about how you relate to people. It's about being able to, you know, sustain on your own and not having a a, a crew, a group of people, not, you know what I'm saying? Being able to be an individual and be strong in who you, in who you are and like fight for what you, we meet on that level. So there are honestly certain things that I can tell my female best friend that a lot of people just don't get. I can say things in a way with her that other people don't get. I can joke the le- the way that we joke with each other. Other people just miss it. And I can say the same story the same way. And then somebody will tell me like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're wounded. You're hurt. But I can tell my female best friend and she will burst out laughing because her thing is, oh, yeah, that's how we used to roll. Like we did that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's just kind of like if something happened that kind of bothered me, I might not tell you because depending on where you come from, you're not going to get it or you're going to try to like explain to me how I'm wrong or how I'm insensitive. And I'm like, yo, it ain't that big a deal. Like I can, you know, well, so of I don't... that's going to be at the beginning, but it, there should be a place. If I've been with you for a year, then you, when something happened, your, your best friend <laughs> of the opposite sex shouldn't be the first person. Cause I mean, we're building towards something. And if, I mean, if I've been with you a year, that means I'm probably looking towards marrying you. And I believe that your spouse should be your best friend. You can have best friends, but I believe your spouse should be that person you confide in because y'all been in the life together and y'all live together. Uh, so if I've been with you a year and you still going to your best friend when stuff pop off, it's going to be like brown sugar. You remember? Remember brown sugar? <laughs> That's real life. Um, I, like that um, I just, when you he, know, when she got mad because she was like, "You, you quit your job and you told Sydney." I don't even remember the names. Drake, yeah, I don't remember that much. <laughs> uh, Drake was Tay Diggs, and um, Sydney was Sanaa Lathan, um, and Reese was um, Nicole Ari Parker, but. <laughs> Go ahead, Lisa. Explain this movie. <laughs> he was upset because he told his female best friend before he told her. And she was like, but she understands. She gets me. And she's like, but this is a partnership, you know? And so. Well, I, I feel like I'm going to tell you, too. It's not like I'm a. I don't know what. I don't remember what happened in the movie. It's about who Maybe. you told first, though. But what if I call my mama first? You're going to be mad I told my mama? But I think that's. But if you if you quit your job, that ain't gonna affect your mama. <laughs> that's gonna affect <laughs> your wife. I mean, but it could be affect your mama if you take care of her. But I mean, your wife is directly affected first. So like, let's say let's say like I quit my job, right? And then my female best friend calls me. 
right after it happened, or we talk right after it happened. I ain't yeah, supposed to tell say, I think you should wait till you tell. I think it would be disrespectful to tell your female best friend before you told your wife. <sighs> what y'all think? Y'all chat BC that. Yeah, because I don't... I'm like, as long as I told you, I mean, if I lied to you, then I can understand, but if I told her first, hey... See, that's the difference between a man and a woman. If I you think... told... If you... If I would hear... That my husband came home. It's like, yeah, you know. Y'all notice, y'all notice how serious Lisa voice just got. <laughs> I would have told her. I would be really, I would be really upset. I'm like, what? Uh, uh, who did you marry? Did you marry her? You married me. Did you marry me? I just want to know, cause I, I, I didn't see her with no white dress on standing in front of you. <laughs> so I mean, I just need to know. I'm not. I even if I was. Even if I was, if that was my male best friend and he told me he was married, I would say, hey, you need to tell your wife first. I don't need to know this. I just so feel wait, like that's disrespectful. So would you feel the same way if, like, your husband told his homeboy, like, his best man? Um, no. I don't know. I need- See, man, nah, that ain't, because it's more so, I feel like with stuff like that, it becomes about this, like, I think you I think this, you should tell your wife this before you female, tell your wife. But no, I feel I like think, women kind of come up with this like insecurity of like I gotta be which you are number one, it's right? The, but like the, you got you ain't read that Bible verse? It's in Jude 18, verse 2. <laughs> what is it, Lisa? Before you tell. <laughs> Well, no female best friend. Where did it say, Lisa? Jew 18 verse 2. Now, that's which version that is? That's in the Dead Sea Scrolls. You remember Oh, <laughs> okay. We got to... <laughs> that's the special edition of the Bible. Yeah, okay. it's the... Uh, okay. It's the EKJ. <laughs> <laughs> what EKJ said for Lisa? Ebonics King James Version. <laughs> Well, they got all the other ones, so you might as well have that one, too. <laughs> yeah, 18 verse 2. It's you better... Now. Hand claps. You got to say it. With, you got to read it with hand claps and all. You better tell your wife before <laughs> you tell anybody else. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm just telling I'm telling you what the Bible says. Now... That's the word. Yep. And you it's in seminary it. school, so you know. Yeah, if anybody it. else don't. You know. It's the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, you can't find it on your version app. So don't oh, it's not it. on the app. Okay. Yeah, you got to go and go um, go to Africa and dig. Uh, in the day. <laughs> it's, over, it's over there. <laughs> it's over there. I can't deal with you. <laughs> well, y'all, y'all hit us up with chat, BC, and let us know what you too. think. <laughs> You won't find this body though, I bet. Because he got up. All hey, right. Come hey. on, somebody. Now that's that's real word. That's that's the King James. That's in the NIV. <laughs> <laughs> the King James. Y'all don't know. I be reading the H E K J Z. Yeah. Oh. That was a lot of versions. <laughs> yeah, I stuttered a little bit. <laughs> Well, yeah, y'all hit us up on chat BC and let us know what you think. Can, uh, as young professionals, can we have friends of the opposite sex? Should those relationships change? Should they adjust? Um, fellas, let us know, man. I think that I, I like legit. 
I struggle with that. You know, I, I think that I, I do get, I can't say that I, I don't see an adjustment at all, but I do think like, you know, this whole major adjustments, hey, don't call me now, don't call me here. I just kind of feel like you create a space where we like hiding from each other. And to me, that's more detrimental than the fact that you know that, hey, I got this female best friend. Y'all cool. She got your number. You got her number. Like, we all hang out. You know, I, I mean, maybe I'm living, living in this, like, fantasy world. And again, I ain't married, and I'm single, so that probably makes has a lot to do with it. And Brown but, Sugar already showed us what's gonna happen. <sighs> oh. Movies do really tell real life. They do? Oh. <laughs> That's why we was, we was just talking about Selma, and that happened, so I... <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we get, we looking forward to the Hunger Games. Our kids gonna be fighting <laughs> each other. <laughs> well, now it's time for our random topic. So today's random topic is Paul Bennett convicted after having sex with the mailbox. A man in in England has been stamped as a sex offender after he was found guilty of having sex with the mailbox. Paul Bennett, 45, pleaded guilty on Thursday to two counts of indecent exposure and using threatening and abusive words with abusive behavior. The plea stemmed from September 9th, a September 9th incident where he attempted to have sex with the mailbox in the public area. Witnesses told the court they saw Bennett pull down his pants in his shopping arcade and start publicly perform to perform a sexual act on himself in public. <laughs> he walked over to sense. the post post box and started to have make sexual advances towards it. <laughs> he rubbed himself against the mailbox while holding his hands in the air, and he kept shouting "Wow!" After he finished, he pulled up his pants and started swinging on a lamp post. <laughs> Oh, oh, why did it remind me of singing it? <laughs> Police said. <laughs> this is so wrong. They found him exposing himself in another store, um, and he drunkenly shouted and swore at them. Yeah, I just, he said he's ashamed, disgusted, and upset at himself. Um, and he to say the least. <laughs> so the court ordered Bennett to undergo alcohol and treatment and pay seventy five dollars to the woman who witnessed. This sex session with the mailbox. What do you say about that, Randall? So I think this don't make no sense, right? And <laughs> I think that okay, so legit, this is what happened. And I, I don't know if I probably shouldn't say this on Brunch Culture, but y'all forgive me. Please don't judge me. I, you know, as Steve Harvey always say, God's still working on me. And that's legit true. But the first thing that my mind went to was Baby Boy. Remember when he was like, that's the beat up, right, Dads? <laughs> when the man got done with the mailbox, he started swinging on the pole. He was like, that's the beat up, right, Dads? <laughs> see, see, now you're trying to pr- compare real life to movies. And you just said, it's not the same. That's what I'm telling you, real life see happening in the movies. I don't so, remember that part of Baby Boy, though. So I can't, I can't go that way. <laughs> But no, like this don't make no dang on sense. I don't understand. I need somebody to justify to me though why we are paying he paying seventy five dollars to this lady. Like that's not enough. Why we gotta pay her anything? You know what I'm saying? Like she could have turned away. At some point in time, 
<laughs> she must have enjoyed it that she watched it, right? The minute that you see somebody pull their pants down and you don't want to see it, you turn away and walk away, right? You can, you don't have to look at it. So if, you know, if I'm the defense attorney, I'm sitting there and I need you to explain to me why I have to pay her $75. Although it's just $75, why do I have to pay her anything? She could have walked off, right? Like, I'm pretty sure somebody else probably saw something going on and turned and was like, all right, I'm going to look away. I'm going to walk off. I don't want to see this. I just feel like this lady probably got some form of pleasure out of it, and now we get to pay her because she got some form of pleasure off this guy making a fool of himself. No. I don't know. I'm still confused about how he was having sex with the mailbox. I don't but even want know, to think that uh, yeah, far into I don't, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, but if you, if, you, if, if you want to, um, you know, comment on this, it, it, definitely on social media hashtag chat bc got me stuttering because it's so bizarre uh but we're gonna close with our quote of the week this week's quote is from tim keller it says people are messy therefore relationships will be messy expect messiness and the reality is that everybody has something in them that you're not gonna like once you get past the happiness and the oh my gosh this is so great you're friendly you're awesome uh people <laughs> are you know, we all are messy. Like, we all have issues. And so once our messiness starts to collide with others, then we're like, oh, I don't like you, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, everyone you meet, if you pull back the layers, they're going to have something you don't like. So have to work through it and um, expect it to be messy, expect it to be sticky. But that's life, and we're human beings, and we all have issues. So have to work through them and keep moving. All right. That's what it is. So, again, we thank you guys for listening to Brunch Culture this week. Make sure you guys interact with us and let us know what you think. Visit our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can check out all of our episodes on the website. You can also sign up for our emailing list, which we encourage you to do because you will be notified when the new episodes of Brunch Culture comes out. And then just let us know. You know, you're able to talk to us and interact with us and just let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and also on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture, Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. And remember, Remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.